0: Another edition of the Cow Rivals Excellent Podcast Experience Holiday Edition. Uh expressive, because the Bears have control of the axe. Um, you know, if you were one of those people who thought that last year didn't count and was just something straight out of a fever dream, well, congratulations on waking up, because the Bears still have it. Um,
1: also, you're right in thinking that. So... <laughs>
0: Well, uh let's start. Hi, I'm Namley by the way. Uh joined as usual by Trace Travers. Let's start by talking a little bit about last week's game.
1: Yeah, I that was very that'll be the most unexpected ass kicking Cal has delivered to Stanford in my lifetime. Just I can't remember another game quite like it. Maybe 2008, but even then that they're different games, I think, everything kind of fell into place for this one. And you saw a team that executes well against a team that, quite frankly, did not.
0: Um, historically, um, I looked at some numbers, the margin of victory, largest since 2004. Um, I know some people pointed out that they took uh, a larger lead, but the final score uh, in 08 was a bit closer than the 30 point margin this time. So. What we're trying to say is a historically dominant performance in this matchup for the Cal Bears, um, a, n- a number that they've only reached, I think, three times in the last 100 years, uh, beating Stanford by that much. Everything feels good. I want to say. Yeah. Um, and then before that, sometime in the 20s uh, is what I looked up. But where to begin, man? Like – um. Yeah, where do, where, where do we begin breaking down? A I think
1: you begin uh, just into the second quarter at the 16-yard line. Mm-hmm. They call uh, it's Tosser on one side. It's an Earhart Perkins call. You have Tosser, which is double slants, and then Y-hook. I think they just call it double slants. Tosser's the NFL name for it. But, mm-hmm. you know, you have cover zero there. You have the running back swing that takes out the linebacker and leaves a hole for Clark to run through. And I've watched that play at least 20 times since Saturday. Garber's put some zip on that ball, which I don't think he does normally, but he just... He wrecks Grossman it right into Clark's hands, and Clark is pretty fast, honestly. So, and we got to see that, and that had to be a point where a lot of people thought, oh, this, this is different and I mean maybe it didn't sink it certainly didn't sink in that this game was going to be different than pretty much every other Cal Stanford game under Justin Wilcox until maybe I want to say they got up 27-3 for after the Dancy run but it, it was just different they came out they wanted to step on the neck they wanted to sweep the leg they wanted to empty the clip which they did on the offensive playbook. I don't think they have any trick plays left.
0: (laughs) It was only the kind of thing we've asked for for a long time, and they picked a hell of a time to pull out a lot of the looks that they've thrown um, on that Clark touchdown. Uh, You really love just the decisiveness. Like He knew right away, hey, like there's no safety. All Trayvon has to do is cross the guy's face, and we're done here. And that's ultimately what you got to see. Uh, nice moment of play design. And again, easy throw, right? Like, not something that's hard for you to do if you get it called right against the right defense, uh, which, is, which is what you saw. And then, obviously, everybody notices the bevy of trick plays that were unloaded. You know, you got kind of a pseudo hook and lateral uh, type deal you got a couple of halfback passes and wide receivers throwing balls down the field. Like it was, you know, for the first half, we first quarter uh, we might've joked that, you know, Bill Musgrave is calling plays to troll us directly. Uh, but you settle into a, a rhythm, you know, behind running the ball against the worst rushing defense in the PAC 12 and good things happen. And in fact, a big game rushing record happens.
1: It does. And the most 70 plus yard runs since my parents' TV went out again when Cal was playing Washington State in 2008.
0: Just, uh, you can't, can't say enough, man. Like everybody got touches. Offensive line obviously played outstandingly. Ben Coleman, um, won an award this week for well, off, offensive for his offensive.
1: offensive lineman of the week. I think it could have gone to just about anyone on that offensive line. Could have given it to Mattire could have given it to Sindrick could have given it to Romy, except for the fact that he had that one 15 yard penalty could have given it to Delto. So hell you he could have given it to Colin Moore, honestly, with the way that guy blocks. If you go back and watch the Chris Brooks, uh, 75 mm-hmm. yard run, He just buries a guy inside. He has a down block on the play because they're they were pulling McCade and Sindrick out and Daltoso and more just go in and you have that cross motion that creates the gap. And it's just beautiful. Honestly, it's borderline pornographic, which is what you could say about a lot of the running in that game.
0: And so much of it. uh, I'm glad you mentioned the tight ends group because. One, you got to see some of the younger guys out there towards the end of the game. But two, most of Cal's success was running off of the tight ends, like to those wide gaps on on, I guess what would be the D gap to both sides, uh, you know. And and they had pullers too. Like they 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 used a lot of guys just to get them out in space against the Stanford linebackers because quite frankly, these aren't the Stanford front or back seven guys that you're used to seeing. Like, Chase had the distinct advantage against a lot of these guys when he decided to scramble, too. So, um, and then when when they knew the runs were coming, that's when you kind of hit them with a lot of these cutback stuff or or the misdirection things in the second half. Just no real notes, Bill Musgrave, this week. So I'm going to temporarily call off our beef, uh you know for if listen if there's a a pretty big dude you You may not want to fight him (laughs) uh just litigation only trace litigation only (laughs) but you know if like just a really well called game um i don't really have anything else to say besides besides that like i just did really impressive offensive performance and if we play even a little bit better. We win probably by 45 points. Um, hopefully, and the bigger task obviously is, is is this week, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, just complete and total domination from like the first snap.
1: And Lou Hearns has come into his own. He, obviously, he has to keep doing it, but this game was kind of...
0: Maybe,
1: a star making. Yeah. I was going to say culmination of what we saw a little bit of in fall camp where, oh, hey, this Hearns guy, he came in here, you know, June, July, whenever they get in. He's only been working out for that long with the team. And he comes in, he's 160 pounds and he's hitting guys like he's 200 pounds. He's playing bigger than he is. He's making an impact. He's always with the wide receiver. And then, you know, a couple games in, oh, Hearns is playing big minutes. Oh, he gets a start. Oh, he's deflecting passes. This guy's going to be a dude in the next couple of years. And then, again, Stanford, you know, taking the ball away on the second play. Pass breakups everywhere. Just excellent football player. Hell of a dude. Just cool name story, too, because he is Lumagia Hearns third. So there are three of him. And the Lou comes from his great-grandmother, who was named Lucille, and the Magia comes from his grandfather. So they have the hyphenated names all the way down, which I thought was pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, that's actually super cool. Um, It's fun to have a unique name. It's not, yeah, it's cool to have a unique name with a story. It's cool to be able to come in as a true freshman and immediately dominate in your first big game. And Quite frankly, even if – and this is this is why sometimes I love being wrong about guys, right? Like, when we do scouting is, like, it's a credit to the team when they develop a player that we UI rivals and our competitors, like, don't necessarily expect to be a big-time contributor. Like, that is a credit to the program. Like, I love – just as much as I love being able to say, oh, we spotted out Brett Johnson ahead of time. Like, we knew Jeremiah would be a player, right? Like, and and so on and so forth. Programs really thrive when they can create unexpected players. Like, uh, Lou, I think the reasonable projection was he's going to compete for the slot. He's going to be a really good guy there because that's kind of some of the stuff that he played at DLS and he was... Uh, or you know, like his frame, like would 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 lead you to think that way, and it doesn't matter. Like right now, he's 165 pounds, and he's keeping pace with everybody in the Pac-12. Like the Bears have gotten dramatically better, uh, in the back in the in the back end, and they're getting better every single week.
1: I think there's a lot of guys you can say that about. Like, who expected Daniel Scott to be as good as he is? Like, he had the one play where it was an alert due to the Stanford motion. He immediately run blitzes, gets Austin Jones in the backfield. Nate Ruchena led them in tackles and was pretty much everywhere. You know, Bimage, he didn't do as much this game. But, again, is another guy he really didn't expect too much of based on his prior performances. They've done a good job at developing guys as the season has gone along.
0: So many of them. Like, even if you thought that guys could be contributors, right? Like, you and I looked at Nate Ruchino and we're like, well, this is an automatic take. Like, figure out what to do with him. And if you had asked me before the season, is Nate Nate Ruchino probably going to be a starter by the big game? I wouldn't have anticipated such a thing, right? Like, that is an excellent development job and honestly reminds me of some of the things that we saw when Jordan Kanazic, was coming on right like you're getting the most out of the guys you're putting them in positions to succeed and i think one of the things that's different now is the luxury of being able to mix and match personnel uh whereas in previous years you could only play two inside linebackers right and they would take most of the snaps and um now you have kind of bigger guys you have quicker guys you have thicker guys that you can kind of slide around as necessary, and and one guy that I want to highlight here is, you know, I've been on the hey Moai Osefa is going to be a player for us this year, uh, and the first half he was, and the first in the first half he was, and he's getting better literally every week as well. Uh, cannot say enough about like even if the season's outcomes haven't all been ideal. Um, the, and yes, they are playing teams that aren't particularly good as of right now. Um, this Cal defense is is really coming into itself uh, late in the year, and if they finish out the next two games with wins, that defense and obviously like the improved play on the offensive end and the execution is going to be part of why.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that brings us to UCLA, who has been, you know, up and down to a certain extent this year with um they obviously put up the 62 against USC. And I was just watching that before we got on the call here. And I thought and I'm just watching the early parts. And I'm like, How the hell did they put up 62 on these guys? They aren't that good. And obviously the dam broke later in the highlight clip that I was watching. So I will need to see that, but there's certainly stuff that you can take advantage of there.
0: Uh, big, big game on the road, like forgetting all the historical implications of being able to sweep the California schools for the first time since 1958. Like, let's just look at this game as a singular entity, right? Like mm-hmm. they have their first choice quarterback. DTR remarkably more efficient than before. It, I think his touchdown to interception ratio is three to one this year. They um, threw again, a couple for, bad
1: ones against USC and first couple drives.
0: Uh, and then, you know, like. Then he did fine, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously big this week, being able to contain him as a runner. Uh, the Cal defense has traditionally struggled with that because I think it just kind of messes up some of their rules, uh, to, just to have that extra man back there. Uh, also big, uh, Greg Dulcich, uh, this week. Um, the struggle at tight ends is is not new. Overall, uh, hasn't been as pronounced in recent weeks as it, as it has been earlier in the season. They did but...
1: a pretty good job on Eurosic this past week, yeah. and with uh, Musgrave and Quatoriano against Oregon State, aside from one or two passes, but they they've gotten a lot better, and I think that's part in part due to safety play getting better, which is going to be very important against UCLA. They will try and get guys behind the safeties, and that is the one rule of playing safety:
0: don't let anybody. Get, Nobody keep gets behind you. Yeah. Um. Just and also, obviously, uh, UCLA is enjoying the benefits of the transfer portal again. Uh, Joshua Kelly may be gone, but they brought in yet another transfer: uh yeah, in Charbonnet, and uh, Britton Brown. Yeah uh already got a uh already got one k rushing yards from the former, and there's a lot of offense and a lot of weapons here to worry about. um I know you had tweeted out the quote uh from sermon this week that you know I don't even feel like eating at because i I'm so, like there's so many problems here I mean he's not wrong; they present a lot of challenges,
1: but if you feel like your defense has improved. The past couple of weeks, which they have, they have since October 23rd, they've given up, let's see, what is let's do some quick math here. So 28, 38, 49 points in four games, which, albeit Colorado's offense was god-awful, Stanford's offense was not great in Arizona, although they had put up points the week before, they, you know, weren't exactly running with a full deck. But he still held Oregon State down mostly and there's been market improvement that you can see no matter the strength of the opponent.
0: Yeah, uh even just from a tackling standpoint, right? Yeah. Like that and that's that's one that you you can control what angles you take and whatnot. So Cal is I think at last check seven and a half underdogs on the road, something like that. Uh you trace currently double checking that, but I think the team knows how big this is. I think they're hungry to follow that up with a chance to get a bowl, uh, and certainly a chance to make history if they don't know about it already. Uh, but it's gonna start. It's gonna start with all those things that we just mentioned: containing DTR, um, like getting them off schedule. Dolce as a as a you you really highlight that as a potential like matchup uh to watch and you know Kyle Phillips uh I think is the other re- leading receiver too but I think if there is anything it, the team feels good about itself and is playing well and knows especially in the last month right like we are starting to be a good team. You can write off, I think internally they can write off the, the Arizona game, even if externally fans might not be, uh, as, hey, we played with not all our people. Like, that's a game we should have won by 45 points too, and all of a sudden you're talking about a team that's won five in a, four or five in a row.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It, there's a lot of variables to it, but you do have to you know, get UCLA off schedule. You have to tackle something they didn't do when they played down there last year, but there are some extenuating circumstances. There's also the Rose Bowl. Say the turf. game
0: on 24 hours notice, you know?
1: Yeah. The, Ro- the Rose Bowl turf isn't great either. They had tackling issues in 2019 when they, when they played down there, but it's one of those where you have to maybe hate saying this, but, you know, If they can get a hit on DTR early like they did in the 2019 game where he just, you know, wasn't right for most of it. And if (laughs) honestly, Pimage might be the guy who ends up doing that because he did it to Arizona and he, he has been excellent for the Bears so far. But I think offensively, you'll need to just contend with a lot of pressure as is going. I know. There's a lot of people, a lot of u c l a fans who don't like as or Jerry Azzanero. and you know they haven't been the best at containing the pass they're the worst pass defense in the conference, but it's not for lack of knowledge that Jerry Azenero hasn't succeeded too much. He's a guy who knows a whole hell of a lot and all of his players. At Cal, while he was here, certainly respected him. But he's going to be coming with something. If Cal gets into third and long, they're going to face six and seven man pressures. And Garbers has to be ready for that. He has to know where he can throw to. He's done a great job of extending plays and finding guys on the sideline. There was one in particular early where he found Crawford while moving to his left that I thought was particularly impressive. So there's that edge to it, too. They'll bring a lot of their nickel safety type players on blitzes.
0: Montrez Knight has like Montrez seven Knight and a half
1: in Lake. tackles for the loss. Yeah. yeah, Knight is, he, he was big for them last year, and he will be big for them again this year.
0: Um, overall, like, they're gettable in the sense that they will give up some plays, but they will make a few, too. Uh, UCLA has a positive uh turnover ratio. They are one of the leaders in the conference in tackles for loss right now. Um but it's another big week for the Cal offensive line. Um especially when they if they're planning on lining up into their 12 and 13 personnel. Um how how you're going to both max like how are you going to both protect, but also offer some options to get rid of the ball, maybe break a tackle, maybe get into space. Uh, I would expect and hope for, especially, again, as in an underdog situation, that you're going to do a few things to try to control the game early um, and then open it up from there.
1: Helps. They ran a lot of play action last week as well from that 13 personnel. You saw that wide delay package at, handful of times including on fourth and one and on the uh to a certain extent on the play action to brown or brooks on the goal line so they will they will break that out quite a few times and you know i'm i'm a big fan out of throwing out of 13 personnel the old uh frank reich of the colts
0: but he does well, okay. well
1: should be um, fun
0: it's, it's a big one. I mean, nobody wants to go into senior night next week against USC, like not having a chance to play for anything significant. You could argue that this is not the situation they were supposed to be in. Um, but ultimately you got one more shot to redeem yourself and, and, and to make sure that that's not the case. Like, I would be very shocked. Right. Like, if the team wasn't coming out, like, firing on all cylinders, like, that would be a really, really bad sign mentally. Uh, if this was some sort of trap in but I think Wilcox ha- has done a really good job with the locker room, um, across a set of circumstances that, again, some are in his control, some are not. But either way, like, all those guys will continue to fight for him, love him as a coach, uh, so I expect the Bears, no matter what the situation is, like to come out hard on Saturday uh, and to play to win because they have one more chance after that to to make something of this year still.
1: And I want to add, I've seen elsewhere saying that Cal could maybe get into a bowl at five and seven. That's not the case. The Pac-12 a couple of years ago made it so that you have to at least be bowl eligible six and six to go to a bowl. So. um
0: Man, it would be really good to have literally any one of those other wins back, right? Like, so you could just split yeah. them. But that's that's the situation when you it drop games. You know, supposed to, yeah, like you put yourselves in these situations. So, just be thankful that we're here. We still have a shot at qualifying, and uh, you, know, you you can't really start worrying about the USC game until you get through this one.
1: It's um, a week to be thankful as well. So.
0: Speaking of which, uh, Jeff Tedford. I feel like we should maybe do a couple of minutes talking about Jeff Tedford.
1: I sincerely doubt he would come back to Cal. Let me put that out there
0: right now. Um, the desire for the fan base is certainly there. Um, but, you know, if I know some people have been making the point like maybe he shouldn't be coaching, but if he has talked with his medical professionals and decided that that's what he wants to do and it's, it's his life you know like urban meyer probably shouldn't be coaching and yet here we are uh, you know like i wish the very best for him if there's like i if there's a spot for him here it'd be really cool to get him in as an offensive analyst i doubt that bill musgrave would suddenly disappear for for tedford to come back and I've heard some talk from the Washington side that they'd like to bring him in. Um you know, we'll see, but just I would be really like just I hope he's happy and I hope he's healthy and I hope he continues to have success if it's not here unless he lands in conference then it only when he's not playing us.
1: I guess my thing is I I caught a bit of a front row seat to the end of the Tedford era and mm-hmm. I You know, you kind of got to see how much he fell at the end of that, health wise and just team wise, everything had kind of been lost. And while, you know, I do to a certain extent think that he would have had a much better 2013 than what we ended up getting, I just, uh, it just didn't work. And I don't, I don't necessarily know if repeating that is the best thing in the future if Justin Wilcox happens to go anywhere else which honestly I don't think will happen at this point I could very easily be wrong I'm wrong about a lot of things wrong about at least five things every day but it's it's going to be interesting for him coming back there's a thought that if Kalen DeBoer takes the Washington job he could come back to Fresno State too which would probably be a good fit for him as well at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know. Only don't. he
0: knows what he wants. Yeah, like, only only he knows, like, does he want a Power 5 job at this point? Like, he was doing extremely well at Fresno until he had to step down again. So, uh, may, maybe he wants something big. But, like, but just to put his name out there, uh, obviously, as long as there's a chance, I think it's the same thing with Tosh. Like, people will continue to talk about bringing him home because – we're incredibly a sentimental fan base, evidently. Uh, besides that, you know, like the, all the best to Coach Tedford. Um, we didn't we've stopped doing shout outs for a while, but uh what, so I have two questions before we wrap up the pod here. Uh one, Thanksgiving plans tomorrow.
1: Deep fry a bird, drink PBR play try to teach my nieces how to play ping pong it didn't go that well when i was there sunday so i'll <laughs> we'll work on it i i also have a pie to bake tonight so that will
0: be interesting how about yourself wait what kind of pie
1: it's uh since uh kylie is vegan i'm baking a vegan pumpkin pie so excellent i'm just gonna test uh... it first
0: on our end, I'm with Allie's family. Uh just gonna be a normal, simple Thanksgiving. Um, you know, nobody's heavy into sports, so it's not like we'll be doing the football thing or a turkey bowl, but um it's good. It's good. I've been doing the rounds this week, so I'm 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 doing all of my official visits with family. You know, I, I still have one more O V after this. <laughs> uh one – so this is my other one. One player you are – or maybe a couple of players that you want to shout out that you're – or things uh, in the Cal community that you are thankful for as we I head mean, into this holiday Mike season. Mike
1: Sefell shouted out the Cal Rivals message board, and I still Oh, he directly said
0: – oh, wow. Uh, and I had heard that secondhand. So again, if we've played – I also home, heard that
1: secondhand, so – someone track down that clip for us if you can send it our way because I still don't necessarily believe it
0: look that means that there's a non-zero chance you and or I or Captain Ted etc have influenced uh, the play calling even one fraction of a degree Hey, this is going on my CV just so you know like defeated uh, Pat Fitzgerald outraised Alabama like ha- played a minuscule role in defeating Stanford once uh I'm here for it man
1: Yeah, they still they haven't put any of my suggestions in so I don't know <laughs>
0: No will back dives <laughs> uh but yeah players things you want to spotlight as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday I mean McCade Mattire
1: with his post big game attire with the hat the glasses he needed a cigar
0: and that would have been perfect so much macho man randy savage energy from that (laughs) and i was gonna tweet him and and say that but i was like they're kids i don't even know if they know who macho man randy savage is at this point
1: yeah i'm i'm not gonna geez yeah
0: no (laughs) (laughs) Um, on my end, I think I want to shout out uh, Trayvon Clark, uh, for sure. Um, two out of the last three big games, to come up with a key play. Uh, not as high stakes, since he only opened the scoring instead of kept the key drive alive. But how could you not love Trayvon Clark, man? Just what he's been through, what he's achieved, the way he's played this year, uh, you know, has been way more than what any of us have has had a right to expect from him once he transferred over and doing this while raising a family. Um, I have only the highest hopes and wishing him the very best at the next level.
1: I will add one more person, Brett Johnson for stealing the ax from the rally committee <laughs> or oh, trying man. to. They, uh, I have heard in on Tuesday, the rally committee was very they were good sports about it. They have been, you know, everybody was all up up in arms about what they did in 2019 with kind of having a hand on it at all time. Apparently, they reenacted that on Tuesday at Cal's practice where Brett's stealing the axe from them. <laughs> but they've been very, very good sports. So,
0: I, I'm really glad, you know, like that they're doing this without Brett because like they're going to get a lot more dangerous when they get him back next year. If he's, Uh,
1: Let's make the caveat that if he's at full strength,
0: because that's a hard injury
1: to come back from.
0: I don't need this. Like, I mean that you're totally a hundred percent correct, right? Like with, within that, I don't need this realism coming into your life. I don't need this realism right now. Right? Like we are three, four days, like from big game victory. Which, by the way, uh, if I spotted any of you guys or you saw it, like, man, we were having a ball out there. You just watch me, see me in any of the photos, like, post-game, and I am just grinning ear to ear, like, not quite the same as 2019, much more comfortable. Uh, So I just kind of, like, slowly strolled my way onto the field, but, all right, my shout-out. Yeah. Uh, my other shout out this year, I think I want to say Elijah Hicks. Then, um, didn't have to return. Has played great. Uh, solidified his status at the safety position. Um, I think surely as the Pac-12's highest-rated defender right now per PFF, somebody will realize that this man is worth. Like, I mean, look, his other backfield mates uh, have all joined the NFL already. Uh, another guy should be there uh, as we keep climbing. Hire, tra- hire Travion Beck, people. Sign uh, him. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, but I think has represented the program with incredible class, continues to do great work off the field with his Intercept Poverty campaign. And I'm just really thankful that we are part of a program grew up in or support a program where you know we don't got we don't have to be embarrassed about the representatives of the university outside of Aaron Rodgers.
1: (laughs) I should have seen that one coming because I (laughs) I I did basically the exact same thing when I was on the Sirius Pac-12 channel the other day like yeah. They're asking me about the recruiting stuff in in the wake of all the COVID restrictions and how do you recruit? And I'm like, Cal degree still has value even though Aaron Rodgers
0: is trying to kill it. Oh man, it's a it's 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 a whole thing right now uh, with him. Yeah, he'll be fine but outside of, I mean, look, he'll just cry himself to sleep with his what 180 million dollars in in career earnings, uh, but. You know, it was it was a good Saturday for remembering what we love about the school and the program and the communities because you can never take days like that for granted when you're a school like Cal. Uh, I think at other places, like winning is expected, and at some point that's not fun. Um, so it was, it was good, it was special, and I hope everybody had a great time at the big game um, if you were there or wherever you were watching it last week. All right. All right, Trace, uh, do we have anything else that you wanted to drop in here for this week? Nothing that I can think of off
1: the top of my head.
0: Got some shooty hoops to watch here. I just uh, – be be thankful it's going to be over in, like, two and a half hours. Yeah, we'll nah, be fine. Be, be thankful for that. All right, folks. Uh, what are we at, 7.30, Pac-12 Network again? Something like that. All right. We'll see you guys on Saturday for the game against UCLA that will decide the arc of the season. Uh, The Bears are coming in hot. They are feeling themselves, and they got to win if they want to continue the season into December. So we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening, and go Bears.